joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at newsongplymouth.church. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. All right, good morning, New Song. How's everybody doing this morning? That was pitiful. You can do way better than that. How's everybody doing this morning? Awesome. Good deal. Good deal. I'm telling you, with me, I'm a little bit different. It's okay to get loud a little bit. It's okay to shout me down, give me an amen. It's not going to throw me off. As a matter of fact, it'll just encourage me. So there we go. Give me a preach it white boy. It doesn't matter what you want to scream at me. I'm ready for it. But if you're brand new to New Song Church, you probably don't know who I am. And my name is Josh Johnson, and I have the awesome uh, honor and privilege to be able to serve alongside my beautiful wife, Mallory, uh, as youth pastors here at New Song Church. And uh, we've been youth pastors. We were tallying it up just the other day, and we've been youth pastors here since 2014. Uh, so, I mean, hey, youth pastor years, they're like dog years, right? So... <laughs> Five, five years is like 30. It's awesome, but we are so blessed. We have the greatest group of kids here, and uh, we wouldn't trade them for the world. Uh, but we've been attending New Song since 2010, so nine years, almost, seems like almost 10 years now. And um, one of the cool things that we were thinking about is, man, we are turning 15 as a church next week, and that is awesome. How many are thankful for the dream that God placed in Justin and Jennifer 15 years ago, come on, to plant a life-giving, Bible-believing church right here in Plymouth, Indiana. It is awesome. And here's the coolest thing, that as much as God has done, and he has done some amazing things in the last 15 years of this church, I really believe this church has helped shape and change this community and, and this state. And, and we've also made not only nationwide, but global impacts, planting churches around the world and sending missions teams. And we, we help support over 50 missionaries around the world. We're making a difference, but here's the neatest thing. I truly believe that the best is yet to come. I believe that we haven't even scratched the surface of what God has in store for New Song Church right here in Plymouth, Indiana. And if you agree with me, would you give me a good amen? amen. So awesome. So this, uh, this morning, we're going to continue this series that we're calling Rest Assured, where we have been talking about, and Pastor Justin did such a great job last week, uh, preaching a message more on the internal battles that we face and I'm going to be talking a little bit today about the external battles that we fight and the truth that we can rest assured of the victory because of Jesus. So I want to do my best to preach a message today that I'm calling the struggle is real. So would you look at your neighbor right now and say the struggle is real. The struggle is real. But first, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this tremendous honor and privilege, Lord, not only to bring the word to your people, but Lord, for every single one of us to be able to gather together and to assemble and, and be able to lift your name on high, to worship you and praise you through song and through prayer. 
And Lord, also just to be encouraged and to grow in your word, Lord, that our faith would grow. And Lord, we're able to do it in this country without the fear of persecution or death. And Lord, we just thank you for that. We don't take that lightly. And Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you would speak through me, Lord, that it would be your words and not mine. And Lord, that as every single person in this building looks up here and listens, that they would see and hear you and not me. And Lord, I pray that your word through me would transform some lives in here and encourage some people that need it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So if there's anything that I've learned over the past 36 years, one month and two days of life, it is this, life is hard. Life is difficult. And I know there's some of you in here that are like, thank you, Captain Obvious. But hang with me because you know it to be true. You know it to be true. And yet how many of us are in shock and awe when all of a sudden life starts to get difficult? When things don't start going the way that we thought that they would be going. And Jesus even warned us of the difficulties of life when he spoke in John chapter 16 and he said, In this world, you will have trouble. The NLT translation actually says, you will have trials and sorrow. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily see anybody using that verse of scripture as something that they write down on a post-it note, put it up on their bathroom mirror, and as they're getting ready for work, they're brushing their teeth, they're going, ooh, I'm going to have trouble today. It's going to be brutal. Jesus promised me that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the trials and sorrow. No, that doesn't happen. Believe it or not, there has not been one person that has asked us in our bookstore to engrave on their leather-bound Bible or prayer journal, hey, could you put that verse in John 16 that says, I'm going to have trial and sorrow? It doesn't happen. And yet it's a very real reality that we face that God is truly good, but we will experience pain and hurt in this life. And that's our challenge as pastors is that we have to make sure and we have to be careful not to preach the promises without the pain. Because the truth of the matter is almost every promise has some level of pain in it. I want you to think about that. In Psalm 9, verse 10, uh, 9 through 10, it says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. This verse is telling us that the Lord is a refuge, and the Lord is going to be a stronghold. He's got our back. But it's also telling us that we're going to deal with oppression. We're going to deal with some times of trouble in our life. I love 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That's telling us that he's going to care for us. He's going to care for me. But I'm going to deal with some anxiety. I'm going to deal with some depression. I'm going to deal with some issues and some overwhelming things and situations in my life. But he's going to be there for me. I love 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Go ahead and put that on the screen. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Do you know what that means? That means I'm going to need grace. You're going to need grace. It doesn't matter how good I think I am. It doesn't matter how pressed my shirt is, how starched my jeans are, how shine my shoes are, how much maybe I've convinced a lot of people that everything's all right and it's all together. It doesn't matter. I'm going to need grace. You're going to need grace. Life is hard. There's going to be difficulty. There's going to be trial. There's going to be sorrow that occurs. Look at your neighbor and say, marriage is difficult. Marriage is, look at that. Look, I seen you. I seen some of the guys in here. They're like, he don't know what it's like to be married to you, babe. He don't know what he's talking about. Marriage with you, baby, is a blessing every day. Every day is a new blessing. He's a youth pastor, honey. He's barely a man of God. Don't listen to him. He don't know what it's like. He's clueless. Doesn't it drive you crazy sometimes? Maybe you follow some couples. Maybe some of them are younger couples, maybe newlyweds, and you follow them on Instagram or Facebook. And, and man, we know that Instagram and Facebook, man, that is a highlight reel. You know this, right? That, that is not real life most of the time. That's a highlight reel from the week. But we see those couples are always, always smooching on each other, always holding hands and walking on the beach, frolicking in the waves, right? The wife goes, just wanted to share this with everybody. This is the five-course meal I prepared as a picnic outside at Centennial Park. And we're going, are you kidding me? Because we see that, but in our life, we just got done with a 10-minute argument that started just simply because we didn't put the toilet paper on the right way. It started as, what are you doing putting it over? You know it should be under. And next thing you know, it led to a 10-minute disagreement. And yet what happens is we get caught up in people's highlight reel. And when our life doesn't match the highlight reel, we get down. All of a sudden, we get depressed and we start dealing with some things that we shouldn't deal with. Trust me, I know there has been times that Mallory, probably more times than not, let's be honest, that Mallory has probably wanted to kill me and just tell God I died. Can almost guarantee that. Because sometimes marriage is a blessing. I hope most times for you, marriage is a tremendous blessing and an honor and a privilege. Sometimes marriage is hard. And no matter where we may agree or disagree on the difficulty of marriage, I think all of us in the room can agree that parenting is hard. Parenting properly is hard. Letting them go and do whatever they want, that's easy. But parenting the way that we're instructed to parent is hard. I know Mallory here recently, she does such a great job. She has the hardest job on the planet, a stay-at-home mom. Can we just hear for all the stay-at-home moms? Come on. Man, that's one of the toughest jobs out there, and she does such a great job with it. And one day, she had just, just she had a bad week, and she had woke up with a headache. Ladies, you ever just woke up with a headache? You didn't want to do life. You just wanted to veg in the bed all day. Well, she kind of had one of those mornings, but yet that wasn't an option for her. So she got up with the headache and 
So she sets up this craft table. Both of our kids love to draw. They, they love Crayola markers and crayons and they'll just do it on printer paper. Like it doesn't even have to be a color book. They just love creating things. And so she set up their little arts and crafts table in the living room and put one of their favorite shows on the TV. And, and she did what I'm sure many of us has done before. She fell asleep. She fell asleep on the couch only to later be woke up by our four-year-old going, mommy, mommy, Riley, Riley wrote all over herself. And Riley's our little two-year-old, little redhead, man. Lord, help me, pray for me daily. She's fiery, man, but we love her. And, and all of a sudden, Mallory kind of comes to, and she looks, and here's Riley covered from head to foot in different color Crayola marker. Just all over. It looked like one of those Ripley's, believe it or not, like most tattooed man. Like that's what she looked like with Crayola marker. It was crazy. And I wish I could say that this was her first defense, but she is a repeat offender of this. You can't take your eye off of her for longer than two minutes or else this guy, I have, I have some photo proof of where it's happened before. That's our little artistic princess right there, Riley. How do you not love that face? Come on. How am I supposed to get upset with that? But she loves to just cover herself and mark her. <laughs> and I'm telling you, parenting is hard. It's a blessing. It is worth it. It is amazing. I'm not trying to scare some of these young couples out of being a parent, but I just want to let you know, I'm not going to preach the promise without the pain. Parenting can be difficult. Life is difficult. It's a challenge. And the problem is for so many people that we have a tendency to give up too soon. We just give up too soon. Too many people give up too soon on a rough marriage. Too many people give up too soon on some rebellious kids. Too many people give up too soon on God when it seems like they're not getting any prayers answered. We give up too often. The moment there seems to be some adversity or some pain, we have the tendency to run from the fight when really we should be grabbing a hold of Jesus and running to the fight to defeat the enemy and defeat whatever's coming against us. And yet we run away. Do anybody, did anybody in here, did you have that friend that maybe liked to fight a little bit too much? Like it was, it was a little, it was very unhealthy how much he liked to fight. But can I be honest? See, I had a friend like that growing up. His name was Jeremy Wiseman. Jeremy, last time I checked, does not listen to this podcast. So we should be good. But Jeremy Wiseman was awesome. He was loyal. Kid loved to fight. He, he was kind of like our, he was like our American Express. We didn't want to leave home without him. Jeremy was awesome though. And I don't know how many times that we, we would be out and we'd be somewhere and, and there'd be somebody trying to start trouble. They'd be like, what'd you say? Well, you got a problem. You got beef with me. You hold that thought. Jeremy, Jeremy. Guy said he has a problem with you. Get on him, get on him. Jeremy loved to fight. And did you know, new song, you have a friend in Jesus that's not afraid of the fight. Some of you need to bring with you because guess what? He's already won the fight. 2,000 years ago on a cross, Jesus already won the victory for you. You just have to get him involved in it. 
And I love what it says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 through 31. And this is out of the King James, the new King James version. So you know it's extra holy. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What I want you to see in this passage of scripture is that not only is God more than powerful enough to bring you victory in whatever battle you're facing right now, but I want you to see that waiting on the Lord actually doesn't look like standing still or sitting around doing nothing. As a matter of fact, waiting on the Lord scripturally actually looks a little bit more like work. Let me give it to you in our context here at New Song in Plymouth. What, it, what waiting on the Lord would look like is you're going, I know that God has a plan and a purpose for my life. I don't quite know exactly what that is yet, but while I pray, while I seek his face, while I seek what that purpose is, in the meantime, I'm going to wait on him and I'm going to go through next steps. I'm going to join a small group. I'm going to get plugged into a dream team and I'm going to start to serve something bigger than me. Because let me tell you, nothing will put your pain in perspective like serving something greater than yourself. I want you to ask, find somebody in this church that has gone on a missions trip. Whether it be Haiti, Nicaragua, Guatemala, wherever the case may be. And I want you to ask them, is that true? What Pastor Joshua is saying? Like, when you're serving other people, like, does that make a difference in your life? And they would say, absolutely. Because I'm telling you, I know several of them. And they had some storms and some issues in their life. Some of them, maybe their marriage was not as strong as it once was. Their finances were a little bit messy. They didn't even know how they were going to get on the missions trip, have the money to do it. God made a way, but it still left their bank account a little messy. And yet, while they're over there and they're serving these people, when they're sharing the good news of Jesus and giving hope to these people, when they're scooping some soup, or some food for them in some way, shape, or form. All of a sudden, all those things in their life that they thought were so big and so menacing and so brutal started to shrink. They started to put themselves behind others and started to put others first. And when you start to put others first and you start serving others, just watch those problems and those trials and those sorrows start to shrink down in size. I want to let you in on something else. And this is the first thing that you can take note of. It's in your notes. Make sure, make sure you're taking notes. We all know that people that take notes, they get into heaven quicker. Come on. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. But I want you to write this down because it's so true. It changed my life. God will never give you a life that makes him unnecessary. 
I want that to sink in for a little bit. Think about that. So many of us complain about whatever life we're living right now, what we're going through, but just know God will never give you a life that makes him unnecessary. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where it says his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Because it's in our weakness that we realize just how weak we are. It's in those trials and those times of pain and hurt that we see just how much we need to rely on Jesus. That we can't do this on our own. I learned an important lesson in weakness. When we were helping, like I said, we have the greatest youth group on planet earth. I'm telling you, it is the truth. That anytime somebody has needed help, there was a widow woman in the church that called me and said, hey, I'm sorry for the short notice, but is there any way this weekend you can get some teenagers together and help me move my house from here to there? And I said, absolutely. Let me make a few phone calls. And, and of course, I'm going to call out to some of our strongest strapping boys. And so, so I, I call out to, to my Austin and, and Connor DeLee. Love Austin and Connor. They're awesome. CJ, I'm telling you, Steve, Shelly, I don't know what you're feeding them, but keep doing it. I don't know how you afford to feed them, but may the Lord give you all the financial help you need to keep them boys growing. They are huge boys and they're strong and Dawson. And man, I can tell you, <laughs> we love you, Dawson. And the Chambers boys, they're all fantastic. And so I called them and the answer was automatically, yes, yes, we'll be there. What time do you need us there? And there was this situation where Austin went and he, he started to, to pick up this uh, TV entertainment center. And he says, hey, Pastor Josh, can you help me with this? I'm like, yeah, I can help you with that. No problem. I get there. I'm like, oh, okay, hang on. He's like, you got, is there a problem? I just need to get some gloves. My hands are sweaty. Come on. Anybody got any gloves? Some gloves on. I get up there again. I'm like, hey, Connor, why don't you get over here and help your brother get this out of here? <laughs> I mean, I, I got to realize just how weak I was in that moment. And, and we get to experience that in life sometimes that God will put us, he'll allow us to go through some things so that we realize that we can't do this alone that we need him. We need to depend on him because here's something that I've learned in these 36 years and change is that pain in my hands, pain in your hands, it blinds you, binds you and confines you. I have seen pain and hurt absolutely bind and confine some people, but pain in the hands of God does something totally different. It's amazing. Pain in the hands of God produces partnership. You see, when I'm in pain and, and I can get someone else to walk through it with me, I've got power. That's why come September, when we're launching our fall semester small groups and, and you'll have an opportunity to join a group or lead a group, do it. Why is it so important? Because somebody needs you or you need somebody. None of us are designed to go through this life alone. Life is hard. There's a lot of hurts and pains. We're not designed to go through that alone. Think about it. What is the very first thing that God said wasn't 
good for man to be alone. He knew from the very beginning that the way he designed us, the way he molded us and shaped us in our mother's womb, that we would not be designed to go through life and pain by ourselves. We need other people. You got to get the right people around you because when you have the right people around you, pain produces that partnership and then that partnership produces promise. Because sometimes I don't realize that I have promise and purpose until somebody tells me. Somebody had to speak into my life some years ago, Josh, I think you're called to ministry. I can see it in you. Just the way that, the way that you talk to people, the way that you care about people, the way that you conduct yourself. I think you're called to ministry. I would have maybe never thought that unless that was spoke to me. So important that you get those people around you to speak that promise to you. Because here's the thing, you need that outside voice. Because so often in life, we get so tunnel vision focused on the pain and the way things are that you didn't think they'd be like that at this point. You thought you'd be farther along in life than where you are right now. And your kids did this to you. Your parents did this to you. And you focus on the pain and you forget the promise. Sometimes that promise can be right next to you. And yet, because you have that focus on the pain, you totally miss out on the promise. But when I have somebody that'll come alongside me, when I'm down, when I find myself getting focused and fixated on the pain and the hurt, if I can have somebody come alongside of me and say, hey, I know it's tough right now. I know you're going through some hard things right now, but I want you to know I'm going to go through it with you. I want you to know that I'm here. I'm praying with you. I'm praying for you and you're going to make it because God, you know, when you put God in it, you have victory. Powerful when you get people like that around you to speak that promise into your life. Powerful to know that you're not in this life alone. Because remember what it says there in Isaiah 40, verse 29. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases their strength. Isaiah is telling us that you can't do this on your own. God has promised to help you, but you have to let him in on it. You have to let him in on it. That's the one caveat. You can't try to do it on your own. You got to let him in. And new song, I'm telling you, if you will partner with Jesus, there is a promise on the other side of that partnership. That no matter what your children are doing right now, no matter what your marriage is doing right now, no matter what your finances look like right now, there is victory on the other side of the pain, but you have to let God in on it. And try to fly solo on this one. Because once you realize that there is a promise, promise produces power. And that's what I want to show you here with this illustration. You've probably been wondering, what in the world is this? Well, in case you're unfamiliar, this is a lever system. It's one of the oldest inventions in the world. And it consists of three main parts. There's a load, there's an arm, and then there's a fulcrum. 
The fulcrum gives us leverage to move things that we couldn't otherwise move on our own. And then there's two parts to the arm. There's the load end, and then there's the effort end. And we're going to pretend today that this represents my life. It represents your life. These boxes here, they represent those trials, those sorrows, those things you're dealing with. Anything in your life that you feel like is holding you back. That's holding you back from that next level relationship with your spouse. That's holding you back from that next level relationship with your kids. That's holding you back from that next level relationship that you know that you want, that you desire to have with God. Life is hard and that's what that represents. And then there's the fulcrum. This represents God. Because what we can't move on our own When we slide God in, now all of a sudden we get leverage. You can rest assured that God is going to give you leverage to move things in your life that otherwise you wouldn't be able to move. But here's the problem that happens. We let God in, but we'll only let him in a little bit. And you see, even when God's inserted into the situation, into your life, There's still effort that needs to take place on your part. There's still push that you got to do. That's why it's so important to get those people around you that's going to continuously speak into you, that's going to continuously say, don't you give up. You can do this. Keep pressing. Keep pushing. Keep praying. Don't forget. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Don't give up yet. I hate it when I see people that I know are struggling and they come into church and people that actually care and love for them. And they say, hey, how you doing? How you holding up? And their response is, oh, I'm good. I'm blessed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. When really everything seems to be caving in around them if they were to tell the truth. They find themselves here, if this is their life, They've inserted God, but only enough that when they keep pushing, nothing's happening. They think they're praying and they're pushing, they're trying, but nothing's happening. They're not able to move anything. They still have the same problem that they've been dealing with for 10 years. They're not seeing anything removed. But if we'll stop letting God in a little bit and we start to really put God in the middle, if we start to get God closer and closer and closer to that situation. We start lifting up in prayer our spouse. We start lifting up in prayer our kids and our finances. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to give God the power to be able to speak over those things and against those things that are coming against you. And then when you get to pushing, guess what's going to happen? When you go to push, All those are going to fall down. They're going to be gone. You're going to experience breakthrough in some areas of your life where you know you need breakthrough. I really believe there's many of you in this room that's been searching for breakthrough. That you're sick and tired of the pushing and nothing happening. 
But I'm here to tell you today, you're going to need to insert God a little bit more. Get him involved and stop trying to do it on your own. Go through next steps. Get plugged into a small group. Serve on a dream team. Start to make a difference and watch what God does. Would you stand with me? I want to pray over each and every one of you. So if you would bow your heads and close your eyes. I really believe there's some of you in this building that you've been holding God out of your life. And maybe it's been intentional. Maybe you've been battling with some shame and guilt. Or maybe you just didn't know that God actually desires a close relationship with you. I want you to know this this morning, that he is standing at the door knocking and you've been praying for an open door and I'm here to tell you the door is already open. He's waiting on you. And the gospel is this, you were born into sin and the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God through Jesus's work on the cross is eternal life. But you have to acknowledge him. The Bible says when you acknowledge him, he will acknowledge you. And that is a promise with power. So if that's you and you would say, Pastor Josh, I need to acknowledge him. I need to make him the Lord of my life. If that's you, would you be bold enough with every eye closed to shoot your hand up right now? I see those hands. Praise God. That is awesome. So proud of you. You can put your hands down. Now I want every voice in this building to say something like this. Jesus... I trust you with my life. I can't do this on my own. I've held on as long as I can on my own. But now I realize I need you. I trust you with all my pain, with all my heartache, all my sins, and I'm asking for your forgiveness. I need you in my life, so I'm turning my life over to you right now. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. Find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ. All you have to do is go to newsongplymouth.church connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.